Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. It is a space that I have not traveled down before, and our guest is an expert here. So Tracy is a forensic accountant, and she has been investigating fraud for more than 25 years, finding money in cases of corporate fraud, high net worth divorce, and other financial shenanigans. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Thank you for having me, Heidi B. It is so great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So today we want to dive into what you do as a forensic accountant to help our listeners with a topic that's front and center when they go through divorce, which is money. Money is typically one of the biggest pain points for so many people in divorce. But first, I want to ask you, how did you get into forensic accounting in the first place? And is this something that you were actively seeking? I really wasn't actively seeking it. I went to college to get a criminology degree. And my plan was to become a prison warden. And my sophomore year in that program, I took an elective that was offered only once every few years. And it came up, it popped up. And I thought, this is my only chance to take this while I'm here. And it was called financial crime investigation. I took that class and I really, really enjoyed the material. And I thought, this might be an opportunity for me. I then started and took an accounting class, found I was good at it, and I was off to the races and kind of had a singular focus from there on out. Now, I did not get an accounting degree, but I am a certified public accountant. So between my undergrad and then getting an MBA, I used all my electives to take accounting courses so that I could sit for that CPA exam. So that's the backstory of how I ended up doing forensic accounting. Oh my goodness. What a different path than you had originally anticipated. So, so different. But life just leads us in the ways I believe that we're truly meant to be in in the space we're meant to be in. And I know that you've been on a pretty solid mission for a while now. Can you share that mission with us? Well, I have been doing forensic accounting, as you mentioned, for more than 25 years. So for people who are new to forensic accounting, I basically do fraud investigations. So I break it down and I say, I find money for people. And I have had my own firm for the last 23 years, but it's a firm of one. I do everything myself. What you see is what you get. And I do different kinds of cases. So some of it is in the corporate realm, but some of it is in the divorce space. So having worked with people in the divorce space for a long time, I have been working on helping them figure out where did their spouse put the money? Mm. It has is some of it hidden? What have we been spending our money on? Is there secret spending that occurred? You know, did all the money that my spouse was making come into our household? Is there anything that was siphoned off? And those cases have always been really interesting. But the fact is that forensic accounting is really expensive in divorce. And typically forensic accountants are hired for more complicated cases or for people who are wealthier. 
you know, some of it's economics, some of it's just, you probably don't need me unless it's complicated. And last year I said, I want to be able to help more people. And so I came up with the divorce money guide to help average people going through divorce, take some control of their money in the divorce and figure out what's been happening with their money. This is so powerful. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation. And thank you, first of all, for creating the divorce money guide as a resource for the everyday divorcee. To share a little bit of my backstory is I was oblivious to our shared finances when I was married. He took care of it all. I just dumped my paycheck every week in there and we had a shared account. And as long as we got to live the life that we loved, I didn't question it. That was my bad, right? I wouldn't recommend going down that path. I not say your bad necessarily. It's not what I recommend, but let's be clear. This is what happens in the vast majority of marriages. We divide and conquer and mm-hmm. you take care of the lawn. I take care of the money. You That's drop it. off the kids. I drop off the dry cleaning. And mm-hmm. so most marriages are set up this way where one spouse takes care of the money and the other one stays pretty hands off. It's not the best setup, but it's super common. So I tell people, do not shame yourself. Do not be sorry. What's done is done. Oh, I love that perspective so much because I definitely felt so bad when I woke up one day. It was about a year after my divorce. And again, you know, Tracy, even a year past my divorce, I wasn't really actively looking at my bank account. I never did. I never had to. I worked a six-figure job even after we got divorced. And it just kind of all flowed in and I lived the same from day to day. So nothing was really too crazy. We had a pretty amicable split. So we just split things 50-50 and I kind of washed my hands of it and went on with my life. But one year after my divorce, I was doing some serious budget reflection. I decided to finally like get a financial advisor and start growing up with my finances. So I was digging into all the different line items in my statements. And this one particular line item kept popping up over and over and over again. And I could not figure out where it was coming from. And apparently it had been ongoing since we signed our divorce papers, but I just didn't notice it. I just thought it was my car insurance or something, you know? So I hadn't spoke to my ex in over six months, but I reached out and he said, oh yeah, Heidi, that was our shared credit card. Whenever I had to move money around or we couldn't afford something, I just used that. So you owe me half of the remaining balance. And don't worry, I set up it as a recurring charge for both of us. And I was like, WTF, what is going on? How did I get to this point that was so oblivious I didn't even see it? And I, I, I remember I had just gotten my Christmas bonus and I said, well, what's the balance? And it was basically my entire Christmas bonus that year. And it felt so, so devastating to know that there was no awareness on my end. And I didn't even know that it was there. So I love that the Divorce Money Guide is something that people can use as a resource to maybe dive in and save themselves from some of this stuff. Right. It's really about figuring out what you have. So in accounting speak, the assets, the things that you own, and the liabilities, the things that you owe. Figuring out what those things are, but also figuring out where have we spent been spending our money? How much have we been spending every month on the mortgage, the car payment, the utilities? All of this is really good information to have, by the way, as you think about your life after the divorce. 
because we want to come up with a spending plan for after the divorce. Notice I didn't say budget. I called it a spending plan. I, I love that. that. Budget doesn't sound as nice as spending plan. Mm. But by taking stock of what we have and where we've been spending our money, it really sets us up for some future success as well. So, you know, let's look at where we've been and what we have now. And that also helps us for the future. I love this so much. So who are we really talking about that you serve and support? Who is this person? Can you describe them a little bit more? There are really two kinds of people. But let's start out with generically what applies to both of them. For the most part, I am serving women. The Divorce Money Guide is a gender neutral product. So men, if you're out there and listening, please don't get offended. It works for you as well. I wrote it that it can work for anyone. But the fact of the matter is that women are more often in that position in the marriage of not having information about the money. No matter how far we've come in this world, it's still a fact that in most marriages, the men are still taking control of the money. And so women are more often in the position where they need this, and they are the ones more likely to seek out help in the money area. So I'm mostly working with women, and there are two kinds of women who need the divorce money guide. There are the women who simply have not been involved with the money and need to know what's been going on. They might not have any suspicions whatsoever that anything was improper, but they need to start getting their arms around where has the money been spent because they just need the information. And the other kinds of women are the ones who do have the suspicions, who maybe know that their spouse has been having an affair or who maybe uncovered some secret spending and need to know how much further did this go or have concerns. Hey, I've looked at our bank accounts now that we're getting divorced and it seems like there should be a lot more there and I don't know why it's not there. Mm, that's so helpful because I was going to ask you, when should someone tap into the divorce money guide? At what point should they really start using this resource? Sooner rather than later. I tell people the second that divorce is a possibility, start gathering bank statements and financial information before any of it can disappear. So really, the earlier that people can get going on that, the better off they will be. But you ask a really great question, like when would someone know if they need the divorce money guide, if they need help, if they should be looking into the money? So I put together a red flag assessment, which is 15 questions, takes you about three or four minutes to answer all of them. And the questions are related to how the money has been handled in your household, who's responsible for what, but also it goes through a lot of signs that we might see. You know, mm -hmm. has your spouse done this? Have you noticed that? And at the end of the 15 questions, I'll tell you how high your risk is that something might have been going on with the money. And obviously, the, the higher your risk, you know, if, if you get the danger, danger, warning result, you probably would be best served by jumping right into something like the divorce money guide. And whether it's the divorce money guide or, you know, working with your accountant or someone else, you know, who could help you dig into it. I don't care what that option is, but as long as you start taking control and looking at, at your financial data. That's a really great point as well. I love that you have a tool that people can use to assess those red flags and know really what to look for and maybe even be able to self-educate a bit before going to their accountant who may not necessarily specialize in all divorce aspects, but just preparing yourself to know what types of questions to ask or dive deeper into with your accountant. Well, what I find is that people who haven't been around fraud, like I have, don't know, are these signs really something to worry about or not? Here's what I find happens. 
let's talk about the wife. Let's talk about the women. They see some signs and they have a tendency to minimize in their minds what they're seeing. And they tend to explain it away. If it's brought up to their husband, what I see the husbands doing in those cases is saying, you're paranoid. You're looking for something to pick at. You're making things up. And so the husband tells them you're overblowing it. You should ignore it. And so all of that has a tendency for someone to not take those signs seriously. And so I wanted to really give an objective look at those signs. Just check the box at what signs you've seen. And I'll tell you whether you need to worry about it or not. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I was doing a little bit of just researching and poking around at all of the things that you do. And one of the phrases that I pulled that I extracted from your information was this phrase of financial infidelity. Can you explain what financial infidelity is, what it looks like? I knew you were going to choose that phrase, by the way, because it's a popular one to talk about because it sounds a little spicy and a lot of people haven't heard the phrase, but it really involves any dishonesty surrounding the money. That might be lying about how you've spent the money, concealing how you're spending it, spending money in ways that your spouse would not approve of. So many spouses have agreements. We won't spend more than X without talking to each other first, Mm. violating those kinds of agreements you know, engaging in the secret spending or hiding money, you know, siphoning money off and sticking it into an account that your spouse doesn't know about. All of that encompasses financial infidelity. That makes complete sense. Because again, going back to my story, my share, I really didn't know that we had a credit card. And I don't think that this was coming from a bad place, but It definitely was financial infidelity because he didn't feel like he could share that with me. Now, that could be a lot of different reasons from a lot of different areas, but nonetheless, it was just that. So I think it's important that we're just aware of what this is and why it's out there. Um, What are some of the common mistakes that you see with women who have come to you, who have worked with you in this space? The mistake is not staying informed. Now, I said earlier that I don't want people to feel ashamed because it's so common, but that really is the biggest mistake. I want people to be on top of looking at their statements every month because it is that one month that something happens that could tip you off to something larger. It's signing tax returns without understanding them or taking a good look at them. And I know tax returns are scary, and that's why people shy away from looking at them. But you have a tax preparer that is doing your joint tax returns every year. You should make it a point to sit down with that tax preparer and have them go through that tax return to show you. These were the wages. Here's what you earned on some investment. Here was your mortgage interest in your house so that you could at least have a basic understanding of what's there. Yeah, that's really important. I also remember doing my taxes with my ex for two years after we got divorced for that reason that there were still attachments. We still had a house together. There were still some shared assets. And it was important to be able to go to the same tax consultant to help us help explain what was going on. Even though we were now living separate lives, our money was still somewhat connected and we need to both understand what was happening in that area. Can you explain a little bit about how does one go about finding hidden money in our financial documents? Can you give any insight there? Well, of course, you do not have to be a forensic accountant to find money in your 
bank statements and credit card statements and tax returns. And that's really the key. When I was creating the divorce money guide and saying, okay, I want to make this kind of a do-it-yourself forensic accounting. It's like, well, wait a second. The average person isn't going to become a forensic accountant overnight. What can I show them that is easy to do that will help uncover the hidden money in most cases, right? The average person is getting divorced where maybe you and your spouse each have a job and you have a home and a couple of cars and you maybe don't have anything complicated. That's the average person. We do things like I show you how to figure out if there's a secret credit card. Mm. Now, (laughs) Heidi, you could have figured out that that credit card was there. And it, it really involves going through your bank statements line by line and looking at the credit cards that were paid and how many times those credit cards were paid and making sure that you can match those payments to a credit card statement. And if you come up with credit card payments that you can't match to anything, that's when you have to start asking whether there's another credit card that you didn't know about. And so to be able to do that, wouldn't require any specialized knowledge on your part, right? You could go through a bank statement and take a highlighter and highlight credit card payments, right? And that's one of the fancy techniques that we we learn in the divorce money guide is getting you know different colors of highlighters and using those. I, I say print out your bank statements and literally start with highlighters and start highlighting in green all the paychecks so that you can see how often were we paid? Is it the correct amount? We can count up those payments, those deposits for a year to make sure that all the paychecks are accounted for. Again, you don't have to be a forensic accountant to count how many paychecks were deposited in a year, right? Right. I feel like this is so empowering as well, especially when you come If you're anything like me to our listeners, if you come from a space where you just let your partner do that role in the relationship for so long, and you really have no clue of even where to start with your money, whether you're divorced or not, we may have listeners who aren't even divorced. This is still for you. If you are living independently or single, or you're even in a relationship now and trying to better understand your financial space and state. I feel like the money guide could really support anyone in in any facet who wants to learn more and be educated more on where they're at and what to look for. Absolutely. I think there's plenty of ways to use it outside of the divorce context, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk top tips. What are your top tips to protect yourself financially if you're in a divorce or thinking about divorce? What are your top tips? A couple of things that I want you to start doing right away. We talked about starting to gather financial information. And so just to give a little more color to that, any account that your name is on, you have legal access to. So I want you going online and downloading all of the statements that you have available to you. The tax returns. I want you to get your hands on your tax returns. And if your spouse is hanging on to those tax returns and you don't have access to copies of them, you can actually go directly to the IRS and get copies of them. You don't need your spouse's permission. So that's fantastic. So gathering information is super important. I also want you to run a credit report on yourself. Now it's not legal for you to run a credit report on your spouse without their permission. So let's leave that one alone. Run one on yourself. Go through it line by line to make sure you know exactly which credit cards and loans are showing up there. And did you know about all of these previously? I want you to really take stock of what's happening with your credit and whether there's anything out there that you didn't know about before. And then I want you to secure your information. So I advise people when you're getting divorced or contemplating it, create a brand new email address. 
that your spouse doesn't know about, can't guess the password. I want it to be super secure so that you can communicate with a divorce attorney or anyone else who might support you in your divorce without any fear that your spouse could see it. And why might your spouse see emails if it's from your old email address? Well, how many of us have an old phone that's in a desk drawer or an old laptop computer that's tucked away in a closet somewhere? That device might still be logged in to your email account. And as I was doing creating the Divorce Money Guide, this actually happened to me. I was going through a closet and came across a phone that I hadn't used in probably six or seven years. And I didn't know why I still had it. And I stuck a charger on it. I just wanted to see what the deal was. And there is no SIM card in it, right? Because I had taken the SIM card out. But the second that I was able to power it on, it connected to my Wi-Fi and it started downloading emails and ding, 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 ding. Right? So if you were to have an old device that you forgot about that was connected to your email account, your spouse might be able to see those emails. And so that's why I'm super passionate about a brand new email address just to be safe. I feel like that tip alone can change the course for so many people listening right now. That just blew my mind. I didn't even think about that. I I still have some of my old email accounts right? Floating out there because you don't shut them down and you can just shut them down and start fresh, but at least get a new one where you're starting all of those communications and and searches and things that you want to keep completely private for you. I love, love, love that so much. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to share about all of your services and all of your things and all of your experience that you've lent to people over the 25 plus years in this space uh, that we haven't yet covered. I could go on for hours. (laughs) I'm just, I am, I just have such a heart for helping people through divorce, which is one of the most awful things that you will ever be through. I personally have not been divorced, but having worked with so many people who got divorced, I know how emotionally taxing it is. And who would have thought back when I was deciding to become an accountant that there would be a way to really impact people on a personal level with their numbers. And so it is just my honor to be able to help navigate people through one really difficult piece of that process. I'm so grateful that we got connected, that this resource is available to so many people right now. So first of all, how can our listeners get more Tracy and Tracy tools in their lives? Where can they find you? What do you, what have you got going on? They can go to my website, which is fraudcoach.com because I am your fraud coach. Um, And if you go to the website, at the very top of the page, there is a link to the red flag assessment. So if anything I said today resonated with you, if you are concerned about what's been happening with the money in your marriage, but you just don't know where to turn next, go ahead and take that red flag assessment at fraudcoach.com. And again, you'll get my assessment of how worried you should be and some tips for next steps for you. So that's where I love to send everyone because so many people are finding that the red flag assessment is really helping them kind of just sort out where they stand today with the money. That is so, so helpful. You guys make sure you start following Tracy, go to the website, 
take the assessment at the very least so you can figure out where you're at. And when you're ready, you can dive in deep to the divorce money guide to support you. Is there an opportunity if people did want to work one-to-one with you? Can they find that information there as well? They sure can. So on the website, there's a contact form. There's an email address. You can always get in touch with me that way. If you are interested in the divorce money guide, there is the guide itself, which is the collection of videos, an ebook, worksheets, checklists to help walk you through the easy 10-step process of figuring out what's been going on with your money. There is also the guide plus a group coaching option if you're finding you need some more support and you want to have access to me to ask questions. So we have a private community where I provide additional training and assistance with navigating the financial piece and answering literally any question you have about that financial piece of your divorce. And then if you need to step it up one level because you find you have a more complicated situation, then there is a one-on-one option as well. Wow, Tracy, if I knew you in 2015 when I was going through my divorce, if I knew about you, I would 100% snag the guide right now. And then once I realized what I was doing, I would definitely sign up with you as a coach. And I know we just met, just so our listeners know, you know, I have no ties to Tracy. We just met for the first time today and I she's got great energy. She knows that she really knows her stuff. She knows what she's doing and and I would trust her. I would definitely trust her to take care of me in this space. So I always close the podcast with two special questions, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm ready for you. Okay, they're not too hard or tricky. The first one is, Tracy, what's one thing that you love most about you? My no quit attitude. So when I set my sights on something and I want to accomplish something, I do not quit until I accomplish it. I love that. I love that so much. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like in your body? Joy feels like having time to do the things I like to do and to take good care of myself on a personal level. Mm. Mm. That just makes me want to travel. That's what I love to do. What do you love to do? I love to get massages. (laughs) And I do love to travel too. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I do like to travel, but everyone says travel. So if I want to think of something different, like going to the spa is my jam. And so I try to make some time to do that as, you know, I like to make business goals and things like that and have a spa trip as sort of the treat, the, you know, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like you said, the spending plan, right? Get on that spending plan, get your divorce money guide so you can have a spending plan to deliver yourself all the joy that you truly, truly desire in your life. I just want to thank you so much, Tracy, for being here today. It has been a true joy and pleasure to share you with the rest of our listening audience. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And I think we forgot to tell them one thing. I think we forgot to tell them that we have a coupon for $100 off the Divorce Money Guide. And the coupon code is JOY because it's the Cup of Joy podcast. So all capital letters, J-O-Y, will get you $100 off the Divorce Money Guide. You guys. And I think you're going to put it in the show notes. We're going to put all of Tracy's information in the show notes, all of it. Connect with her. Run, do not walk to get that $100 off your divorce money guide. That is such a treat. And thank you for sharing that with our listeners today. That was very, very kind and generous of you. And to the rest of you guys, go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.